Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. Once again, I apologise for our tardiness. I'm going to have to put out a club statement at some point. At some point, you will see the dreaded corner flag of doom and Adam Bates' face. Then you'll see that he's been relieved of his duties. We're here for a match preview as Aston Villa are playing their bogey team, Brentford. Perfect timing to be playing a team that we can never, ever beat. And as ever, this show is sponsored by Betmate. I'm a good friend, Omar, with me to have a late night ramble with me because yeah, it's gone 10 o'clock now. I've been on the RAS two days really, not today, in case anyone's worried. But yeah, so I'm feeling pretty tired. But we need to talk about Aston Villa Football Club, Omar. This is pretty much not going to be a match preview. I think we're just going to have to no. ramble about absolutely everything that's going wrong at Villa at the moment. Because just as we were about to, to do the show... There's been a little bit of a leak in the Telegraph mm-hmm. that says that John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey have been dropped for tomorrow's game against Brentford. Aaron Danks, of course, has taken caretaker charge. And I put a tweet out before we came on Omar. Just, it's not good when stuff like that starts, starts coming out. Because you know that's come from within the club. And there's already enough problems going on at Villa at the moment without, without those kind of things coming out as well. Now, I think it's quite standard that the press would generally know the Villa team. It's very unusual for it to actually go out as as an article like it like it has done this evening, and that it feels like because Villa are a bit of a shit show. Sorry for swearing at the moment. Everything, including the media, everyone's going to start start jumping on us. And tomorrow really is a time where whatever we think of the club at the moment, what direction it's going in, I think everyone needs to come together because the team is absolutely desperate for three points. Because we're in a huge, huge dogfight, in my opinion, Omar. Whoever we get in at the moment, this is, this is going to be a tough, tough season. Mm, yeah, it really is, and you can see there's um, just disharmony throughout the club, isn't it? Really, from a from a place of strength where we were, it's, a, it's amazing how far it's amazing. 
fallen. It really is. And I think I think that's what the pundits don't understand. You know, that I've, se- I've seen all the news stories all week. And I know you've been on, on various things. And, um, you know, the pundits, yeah, standard stuff, isn't it? It's, you know, Gerard, he's should get more time. You know, he's going to be a good manager. Villa fans are on unreasonable etc 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 you know even i'm getting i'm getting shit from other fans my mates from, from fans of the clubs you know about us booing and things like that and I, I didn't agree with some of the singing and stuff i thought it was pretty harsh but at the same time you know they, these fans don't understand that we live this club day in day out we breathe this club day in day out we understand what this club's about we understand where it's heading as well um and it just feels wrong everything about this club feels wrong at the moment and, and this next appointment's key but this the leaks and what's going on the fact that Danks has stayed on and is apparently going to change the team so dramatically and also change the way that we're playing. And apparently there's stuff that's been said about Danks not getting on with Gerald and his coaching staff. You know, it just points to there's just been issues, not just with Gerald. I think Gerald was part of the problem, but I think there's bigger problems there in the background and we just need a bit of harmony in the club. And I think it's up to the fans um, to obviously get behind the team on, on Sunday because it's going to be difficult with everything that's going on. It's up to the players to actually put in a performance. And, you know, they've, they've, the players always get away with bad performances because it's always on the manager's head. But it's about time they actually put up and, and, and you know, put, put in a performance. Effort levels have been fine, but the quality, they need to be shown the quality. That, that squad's full of quality. It is too good to go down. It is too good to go down. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say that. But, but I would be. I would be afraid to say that. But, I don't think because I don't think this is not a dig at the players at all. I've said this on something else. I'm not digging the players out. But that is not a squad to be involved in a relegation battle. That's not. It's not that type of squad. And yeah, teams like that have gone down before. And, and I've seen tweets. I saw tweets around. Oh, you know, Coutinho and Bailey ready for a dogfight. But it's not just them. You know, it's always those two that. It's worse. Everyone just picks on the foreign lads when it's a relegation. They're no worse than anyone else. Everyone they're no worse than anyone else. Ings McGinn comes into play. Cash uh, Martinez is poor. You know, there's so there's so many players that have been poor all over the shop, and it's 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 time they repay the fans. Really, honestly, but we're there, home and away. You know, full, full stadiums home and away, and it's time they to just actually buck up their ideas and actually show their quality that they've got. When I, and, and you know, you're completely right. I, yeah, I'm saying they're too good to go down, but doesn't necessarily mean that they won't go down because if you don't apply yourselves, it doesn't matter how good you are, um, you, you are going to go down, especially in the Premier League where every mistake's punished. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised at the leaks. I really am. Um, but I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing what Aaron Dunks does in terms of starting lineup, um, which I'm sure will come on to improving, improving the game properly in terms of what you think the starting lineup will be. But I think we've we've been saying four two three one for a long time now. Yeah, it uh, sounds like that will be the system, which is I think yeah. that is a good news because I imagine Den yeah. is going to play next to Louise if Ramsey and um, Ramsey and McGinn aren't playing. So you imagine they'll be the two that sit mm. in front of the back four, and it, maybe that will unlock something with the creative players. You'd imagine the three in front it could be Coutinho, Buendia, and uh, Bailey. If it's those yeah. three playing off Watkins or Rings, you know, suddenly the shackles are off off them a little bit. Like whoever's playing mm. the number ten role, whether it be Coutinho or, or Buendia. They can yeah. do what they're set out to do because they're not they're not kind of played in this wide coming from the coming from the wide position. They're playing as a number ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think um, we've been calling it for a long time now. So, I mean, again, points to there's been issues behind the scenes as well because Aaron Danks has come in and straight away he's, he's made those changes. He's dropped McGinn. You know, obviously there's probably been disharmony as well there in the back in terms of the coaching staff being on the same page. Um, and probably within the player dressing room as well, in terms of players questioning decisions, 
whether whether do that publicly or or internally, players talk within away from the man. You know what it's like when you work somewhere. Yeah, of course. You don't always talk, you don't always open with the manager, are you? The players themselves, the staff within the club, are probably talking with each other and saying, you know, what the hell's going on here? Why is he playing? Why is he continuing to play this player? Whoever it is, yeah. and that and that sort of negativity does creep into performances, and and uh, that that culture is not a good culture to have after after having a great culture under Dean Smith, and in terms of the, the harmony of the dressing room, and sort of you know be a good teammate, Fraser. It was used all the time, you know. Have to have to go to this, go to this position now where we're at now, where we're just worried about this, really. And I, I completely appreciate your point around, you know, just are we ready? Actually, ready for the dogfight? I'm not sure. And we're, I mean, what do, you, what do you think? Do you think, you know, obviously the next appointment is massive, but if we get a Pochettino, unlikely. If we get a Brendan Rodgers, probably more likely. You know, is that enough to to just stem the flow? Is it enough to fix the problem? At the moment, I'm concerned because I think Villa are in a, a real bad position. I think if you look at the teams that Villa have played as well, you've got to have been picking up more points from the, the teams that Villa have played against, the opposition that Villa have played against, in in my opinion. You're coming into this game on, on, on Saturday, no result, Sunday, sorry, the results from the other games this weekend haven't been brilliant. Obviously, Forrest picking up three points, even a team like Everton, who you thought might might be down there, they've started to move away from us a little bit now. If, if Villa lose on Sunday, which is a real possibility because I think at the moment, you know, we've taken coaches, managers, players off Brentford, yet here we are in 2022, Brentford are in the Premier League and they're better than us. Like, whatever we do, Brentford are, all, are always better than, than Aston Villa for, for some reason, even though we try and take everyone away from them. So there's a real chance that Villa lose again tomorrow and they're in a huge, huge dogfight. Tomorrow could go either way, either the players will turn up, they'll be full tilt, they'll be they'll be running their hearts out for, for the fans and it'll be one of those real galvanising performances, sometimes a kind of performance that you see when a manager leaves who maybe wasn't the most popular and you know I'm guessing with that I don't, I don't know like, the, do you remember Kevin McDonald when uh, yeah that first, Everton, that like, first, the first game. game yeah yeah and then we did lose to Newcastle 6-0 but still. yeah but the, no- <laughs> the noises the noises that are coming out around Villa at the moment yeah. aren't good I've, every, no. stuff, I've heard a lot of stuff and there's a lot of things that sound like they're going on that, that aren't brilliant at the moment I think it's got real possibility to turn toxic again tomorrow but it won't be mm-hmm. toxic against the players and it won't be toxic against Aaron Danks Perslow is the man in danger of getting uh, it to the tomorrow. If Villa go 2-0, two, 3-0 two nil, nil down, Perslow will get it both barrels from, from Villa Park tomorrow. Absolutely and so, not. And so he should, honestly. He's done a lot of good, good for the club, but the last year has been a car crash for Villa now. You, you can't I, address I it I mean, any other way. I, 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 put a, I put a tweet out, and I didn't, I didn't mean Perslow should go at all, uh, but I was saying, you know, will he be impacted by what's happened? And what I mean by that is in terms of you know, his responsibilities, his roles and responsibilities. He's been so integral to what we've done. And, and you're right, he's done a lot of good. He's done a lot, a lot of good in terms of the commercial side. He's so heavily of, involved know, in the stadium plans so heavily, things like stadium that. Stadium plans, the strategy, the logo, everything that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, he's obviously the the, the owner's uh, man on the ground. And, and he's done a lot of good. And he's an excellent operator. I have no doubt about that. But his influence on the footballing decisions is a, is a big, big issue for me. It's been a big, big issue for me for a long, long time. And and you know if you look at actually look at wider in terms of Suso in terms of the players we signed in that season in terms of actually the salon value then you look at um, good just the good thing we did with Jack in terms of you know, the hundred million pound that's a, definitely a positive because we got good money for him but then you look at since what's what's happened there all the footballing decisions Langer McKenzie their influence their relationship with Gerard hiring Gerard you know all this stuff and I said I said it on my part I said you know hiring Gerard was like uh, you know, having a Formula One car and putting all the engine, everything in place, and then hiring me to drive it. You know, that that is that's basically what we did with Jared. We we built this expensive squad. We spent a lot of money. We we tried to act big, and then we hired a rookie 
to manage it and take it forward uh, with no experience of doing it. And, and and that, if that was any other business, the CEO, the person in charge of making the decision would, would be looked at. And I'm not saying he should lose his job or anything like that. Not at all, actually. You know, no. I think he's done a lot of good. But I think we need to have a, um, a sort of a cradle-to-grave review, you know, back to basics and strip it right down and say, actually, self-reflect. You know, this is what we've done over the last 24 months, whoever is, you know, this is the bad step. This is how we need to improve. And it's going to be a nothing season. Um, I've taken nothing season though now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But you know, I've seen people say, "Oh, you know, is it the right time to change Langer or McKenzie or the way the footballing strategy in the background?" I think actually now is the perfect time because the manager is going to be so important for us staying up now, hundred percent. Because he needs to get something out of these players. He's going to come into a squad where it's going to be unbalanced. They're not going to have any wingers. The midfield's not right. There's injuries to long-term injuries to two of our key players. So it's going to be difficult for any manager who comes in. So in terms of what happens behind the scenes, I don't think it's going to influence that things too much. But over the longer term, if we can manage to stay up, then longer term, in the next two or three years, it's going to have a massive impact. So I think that that root and branch approach needs to be taken 100%. Trouble is, there's absolutely nothing close with the manager at the moment. And Villa delayed Steven Gerrard so long that they've actually weakened their position now because we're near the bottom of the league. We're not as attractive proposition as we were a, m- a month ago when the season was in, in, in its infancy. It's now the, you know, the league table starting to take shape. You're realising what kind of season teams are going to have. And Villa aren't as attractive as they were a month ago. Now, pretty much from probably day one this season against Bournemouth, which was a, a, t- a terrible day for the football club that first game of the season because all the feel good just sapped straight away. It was pretty clear that I don't think Gerard was going to get it right. Even in the next game against Everton, they won, but it wasn't convincing. The only other win they've had since then is Southampton. That wasn't convincing. They've toiled through almost every game, picked up points here and there, and it's not been good enough. But because they've delayed this decision so long, they're not in a strong position to get a manager in now. They've obviously spoken to, I think, two or three different managers, but there's absolutely nothing close at the moment. And I could not tell you, I've got no idea who they, who they will hire because it, it's difficult. And you see the names that are being linked now. They're all different types of manager. I think everyone's dream would have been Poch, but he's not going to touch a team that's going to be battling against relegation. He's not going to do, work. Do you know, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when we hired McLeish, where we were linked with all types of managers. Uh, you know, it was, uh, was it Martinez, wasn't it? Uh, Someone like that genuinely and would surprise me now. But we, we ended up with McLeish at the time. You were thinking, how did we go from there to that? It didn't make any sense. And, and it's the same again now where um, you just don't know which way we're going to go. But it just baffled me. I saw, I, saw tw- I saw tweets from sort of pundits and things like that saying, oh, Villa have acted early by sacking Gerrard. And obviously, the way they we haven't. did it was, was controversial. But it's not. We've, been no- we've known from weeks. To be honest, I've known since the Bournemouth game. I've probably known since last year. I've probably known, and we've all, quite a few of us have probably known since we, we hired him, let's be honest. Well, we I just thought pre-season, I thought pre-season would be this big change. They, I thought they looked okay in pre-season. I thought things were starting to head in, in the right direction. And they've made some good, so they've made a couple of what I thought were good signings at the time in Carlos and Kamara. I thought, right, they've solved two problems there. I thought it was going to be a, a positive season. But straight away in that Bournemouth game, I thought, uh-oh. That was, that was big. This is, yeah. this is exactly the same. I remember the Crystal Palace away game, just sitting there, just thinking... I was this there. Is Honestly, wor- this horrible. is worse than last season. We're in trouble. Yeah. We are in big trouble. Even that, the that was the, that was that, that was the point though in the Chris Fallis game for me. Where I that was the one where I really turned. Um, and I don't understand why we've not been like Pochettino. I think if we if we went if we went from like three four weeks ago which, when we should have. Um, then I think it may be it may have been a different story. He may yeah. have been a little bit more convinced. But now it's quite obvious the easy games have gone. You know the the the. 
the games where we should be picking up points are gone. It's going to be a tough, tough old period now uh, before the World Cup and and post the World Cup as well. And any manager coming in is going to be worried. You know what? You know what? You know what? What's it going to be like? Are we going to be able to stay up? Are these players ready? Um, do, you know, with the injuries as well. You know, it's going to be difficult for anyone coming in. And um, I mean, I don't know if you saw Beale's comments on. You know, I said at the start of the show of people like starting to jump on the jump on it, yeah. Villa and now the team to come and have have a pop out in the press. You know, yeah, some of what Bill said was was probably fair, but there's also still an element of it that he's got loyalty. I mean, he said it himself. His loyalty is with Stephen Gerrard and the people that have just left the football club. He's not going to come out and say Gerrard was doing a bad job. You know, I've spent mm. my whole last two weeks. It feels like defending Villa fans on on BBC, on Talksport, on Sky. Because the way people are talking about it is like we expect too much, we're unreasonable. If anyone has watched Villa this season, I don't think the expectations of the of the fan base are unreasonable at all. Villa have been absolute dross this season. It's been dreadful. Even the games they've won, they've been absolutely terrible. I think I got no enjoyment out of that one 0 win against Southampton. I was yeah. I sat there afterwards with all, with all, with all my mates, and no one was talking. The atmosphere mm. was just dead. You just won a game on a Friday night. Mm. Everyone's dead. Everyone everyone just 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 wants to go home and. At the moment, you know, the, I think there's a lot being talk, talked about about Villa, and I, I feel like the Villa Villa fans as well. Like I did, I said to you before we came on, like oh, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I did the B five live last night. Glenn Hoddle was talk defending Gerard, saying he should have been given more time, and I, dis, I heavily disagree with that. I think he's been given too much time. I said that he wouldn't speak to me for the rest of, <laughs> rest of the podcast. Every time I was talking, he was just shaking, shaking his head like that, and I just think. That, that, that's that's not a fair reflection on the Villa fans and, what, and what's happening uh, at the moment. You know, Villa fans deserve better than what they've had. And it's not just Gerard. I will say that, that, you know, decisions that have been made you know, over the last 12 months, that's not all on Steven Gerrard. And if he wasn't equipped for the job, ultimately that's, that's probably not, not his fault. He's, he's been hired to, to do a job. You know, if he's not good enough to do it, then he shouldn't have been hired in the first place. And there's just everything that's coming out is bad noise. At the it's, this weird, it's this weird mentality, isn't it, in, in the media as well, where it's, you know, if it was a, uh, you know, any other player, if it was another ex-Liverpool player who wasn't English or... Yeah, they wouldn't or be, it's been defended because it's, it's David defend. Gerrard. Yeah, if it was like a like a Marco Silva or someone, you know, a foreign manager coming in, uh, you know, you, you've seen the stuff with the sporting Lisbon manager that's been linked um, and, you know, the stuff's going to be coming out about him, like Glenn Murray and stuff, you know, saying, you know, what has he done? He's won a a league that's a lesser quality than the Premier League and things like that. And it's just ignorance more than anything else. You know, these, these people... I, I get I that. Do you, do you not think in some respects, like, they, I know every managerial appointment's a risk, but an appointment like that is, is a huge risk. Yeah, you know, of course. They, you know, the, no, I get the least risky appointment Villa could make, and I'm not saying I want him, I'm not advocating that Villa appoint for one. So the least sure. risky appointment Villa could make is Sean Dyche. <laughs> Honestly? Yeah, that's... I know, I know. But, it, but, but, but it's not that. It's If you have good footballing people like, uh, you know, Lango... He's supposed to be the. Is the rest of the setup built? Is strong enough is, for someone is, like that to come in? I'm not convinced it is at the moment. That, but that's what you need. You need that. You need that setup. You need that process in place where you can change managers if you have to, and it's seamless. And we haven't had that. You know, we've gone from Dean Smith to Gerrard. It's a completely different, different philosophy, different way of playing, and that is the issue that I've got. Is you know, in short term, we might get a manager like Dyke or Rogers or whoever, whoever it is, even the sporting Lisbon manager, will come in and, and do a job and get us to safety but actually longer term how do we move forward and, and it needs to change from behind the scenes as well and I, I don't know I think it's a difficult one I think I just I just I think as we as Villa fans we know the, the pulse of the club we know what's going on and we get a good feeling and I just I don't I like pundits who you know who they'll watch us one game out of 50 and make a make a judgment based on that whereas we watch 
we watch the games every day. We see the players. We know when a player is playing well or we know when a player is playing badly or we know when something's not right on the pitch. We know if a formation isn't working or we know when a formation is not getting the best out of a player, et cetera, et cetera. You know, because we see it day in, day out and we study this game and more so than ever because of social media, because of the internet, you know, compared to, you know, when I, when we watched football, when we grew up in the nineties, where you just go to the games and that was it. And you were just really happy and glad to be there. And the, the, as much information you got was probably teletext. Now you get so much information, so much data as well. That mm. Actually, fans are really well informed. You know, you, you look at some of the pods and some of the stuff that's come out about the managerial options that we've got, stuff about Gerard's tactics, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff is fan-led, like TIFO football and all that kind of stuff. It's all fan-led stuff that's come out. This is all fans doing it, not professional pundits. Pundits are actually probably the worst, uh, not all, but most of them are the worst because they don't watch games. They don't understand football. They they turn up and they just speak cliches for 45 minutes and expect to be paid well for it. And whereas, whereas you know, fans don't get the credit they deserve. Not all fans. Obviously, there's fans who are who are um, reactive and emotional, and I get that. But a lot of fans, I think, speak with rational sense and, and actually have a bit of knowledge about their club compared to what it was before. And I think I think, I think think pundits should take time to listen to the club. But, but speaking more on the, on the club and on, on tomorrow's game, I, I think it could go one or two ways, couldn't it? It could be, you know, it could be like a galvanising performance, as you say, and the fans get behind the team and the players put a shift, or it could be the opposite. We could get absolutely battered. I, just, I, I really don't I'm, know. I'm honestly concerned. This, I feel like it's the worst team we could be playing as well because we just can't, we've never been able to do anything against Brentford. They'll be coming here, they'll, they'll be relishing Villa Park tomorrow, Brentford. Absolutely yeah. relishing. They'll come here and absolutely fancy the chances, you know. You know, backing Aaron Aaron Danks heavily tomorrow, and everyone to go there and absolutely get get behind Aaron Danks. But it's a tough ask for him. He's yeah. never been. He's never been a manager. Your first game yeah. you're ever managing is in the Prem. Is in the Premier League for a team that's in absolute freefall. You know, if if you those one positive, I suppose, if those team selection things that have been that have been in the press tonight, you know, they will be true. They'll absolutely be true. Otherwise, they they, yeah. they would the Telegraph wouldn't have run with it if if it wasn't true. He's he's made a bold statement there. But again, that can, you know, he's, he's been strong. If they're the decisions he's made, they're strong leadership decisions, whether they go bad bad or whether they go good. You know, they're strong decisions, aren't they? But he's not been a manager before and he's not been a Premier League manager before. And you, it's a huge ask for him to run that team tomorrow against, against Brentford, a team that, you know, are, I feel like they're quite an established team, Brentford in the Premier League. Now I know they've only been in there a year and a bit, but they're not, they're not going to go down anytime soon, Brentford. So... It's a huge ask for him tomorrow. It's paramount that the Villa fans get get behind him and the, and the team tomorrow because he's going. I I just see it being tough, even if they were to win. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy day. I sound like Stephen Gerrard, but they're, they're be, there's going to be suffering tomorrow. Need to roll the don't we? Yeah, um, it's going to it's going to be really really difficult, and I just, I'm so worried. I'm I'm concerned about the football club in general at the moment. I, the, on Thursday in the away end, I was stood there. I was very upset. Also, just it was the closest I've felt to like 2015-16 season for a long time, and I just feel at the moment now, Villa have gone. Like, we've been in the Premier. This is our fourth year in the Premier League now. I feel like we've gone back to when we first arrived in the Premier League. Almost now, I feel like we're back at back at that point because we're not good enough at the moment. I didn't think we were good enough then, and we just about got ourselves over the line. But do you know what I mean? We've so how, how do you think the owners feel? We've though, managed, yeah, we've I mean, managed to compl- just go completely backwards and put ourselves back at the point we were at when we first but, came back into Premier League. Uh, except for we don't have Jack Grealish now. And we spent four hundred million for the pleasure of being in the same position, yeah. and being worse off. I mean, how do you think? I mean, apparently there's rumours that Suarez left that 
uh, half time. And uh, I think he, <coughs> he, he left the game when when um, possibly with the, was it the sending off or something. He just sending went, off. Yeah, he just went inside. Yeah. And but, I mean, how, you, how would you feel? You know, you, you spend all that money and you've backed the club. They've done a great job. Um, end of the day, they're doing it for personal reasons as well. They're not doing it for the love of the game or love of Villa. Maybe that's an element of it, but. They, they, you know, they're going to get good money when they sell Villa. Let's, let's be honest. They build a league club, but they wanted to, they wanted to success, they wanted to be successful. And at the end of it, they, they get better value for their money if, they, if it is successful. But they spent all this money and they're in this position now. And you know, you got, you got, and not even you know in the same position, but in the worst position because you think about what's going to happen next year. You're going to have a new manager who's going to want to play a completely different style of football, probably a different personnel and different, different formation, different, you know different kind of players you might need. And you're going to have likes of Ings and Coutinho and Bailey and Buendia, Watkins, McGinn, Louise, you know, these types of players, like how many of them are going to fit into that mould? How many aren't? Uh, you know, how many years have they got in the contract? How are we going to be able to sell them? It seems just very, very similar to uh, the Martin and earlier era to me uh, and what happened thereafter, but with more expensive players and probably bigger, more expensive mistakes potentially on the horizon as well. And I think from, a, from an owner's perspective, it's very easy when you're not a fan of the club to um, lose heart then and, and become a disillusioned and, and look for an exit. And that that is my big, big concern. I, I'm thinking on the fly here as, as you're talking, but you know, you know, now we're going to be one of those teams by the end of the season, whatever happens by the end of the season, you know, where you've got, you've got a team that's a combination of players who are from lots. So we've got, We've got we still only McGinn's pretty much the only one that, that Steve Bruce signed, but you've you've then got player Dean Smith players, Steve and Gerard players, then players that two two different sporting directors have bought in as well because we've had two sporting directors since since we've been in the in the Premier League. So you've got now the, and then you've got another manager coming in who's going to want his own players. You end up with a mishmash of players from all these different regimes, all these different people, yeah. and that exactly. is that always gets reflected on the pitch. Look at Everton over the last few years. Everton, everyone was saying that about Everton because they had Koeman players, they had Ancelotti players, they had Martinez players. I can't think of else. It's been Everton managers, there's been so many managers for them. You know, now they've got Lampard. You know, I, I actually think Lampard's doing a good job at Everton, but by the way. But, you know, you, you end up with all those different players from different eras and diff, different regimes, and it is 100% gets reflected on the football pitch. 100%. And Villa's next appointment now is it's huge because of that, because it's been, especially the last 12 months, but, but, it's been so turbulent. But, but, but that's also why I'm saying that it's not just about the manager because no, no, I agree. We have, to, we have to we have to fix the behind the scenes. We have to fix behind the scenes because if we do get a new manager, then it, every manager has a shelf life. It's very, it's going to be very rare that we get a manager who's going to stay for a long period of time. Dean Smith potentially could have been that man. Well, three years period. was a long time. Long time was a long time, but he could have potentially been there for a long, long, long time. Uh, but they, but they, you know, they bit the bullet and sacked him uh, rightly or wrongly. But any manager comes in now, it's probably going to have a shelf life for two or three years. Let's be honest, let's be realistic. So it's important that we get that structure right in, in the background because we need to be in a position where we can change managers. Even if and, and, and it's not I'm thinking negatively. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been pretty downbeat over the last week, but even positively for managers as well. And I'm saying the same when Gerald came in, if you think about the Liverpool job, if he does well and, and they want to move on and go to a bigger club, we need to be able to move seamlessly onto the next manager and that needs to be reflected in behind the scenes and 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 that is that is the big big concern for me this is i think i think we can stay up no issues with that i i, I know i know you're concerned and i I'm get massive, that massively really get massively that. concerned way more but, concerned than i ever than i ever should be or ever felt i would be. I, 
I, I'm still I'm still quietly confident we can stay up. But maybe maybe I'm being disillusioned. But I'm sort of being delusional. But um, I still think long term there's so much so much needs to be fixed, and um, that that is the thing for me. I mean, but let's look look, look ahead to tomorrow's game then, because I feel like we just talk about the same stuff. No, but I think time, there's so but... much going on at the moment. Is almost everything rolls into one anyway. Like I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned. I think what's going to happen now is this is again this is personal opinion. I'm not, I'm not basing it on anything, but. It wouldn't surprise me if we just limp towards the World Cup now with what we've got in terms of, of Danks being in charge and try and get the managers sorted d- during that break. Is it, oh, I think they're, they're find it so difficult to get okay, a manager. That's, that's poor, isn't it? Come on, I mean, look at, look at Wolves. They must, have known, they must have known for a few weeks. Like, well, Wolves knew when they had managers lined up that they thought could come. They'd done their due yeah. diligence on people and then yeah, they don't sure. happen. You know, Villa, Villa might have thought that they'd be able to throw all the money in the world at Poch and he, and he come. But if, that's, if that ends up in, and he doesn't, want, he doesn't want it, you know, you're then on to plan B, plan C, plan D. And... Mm, we saw yeah. that we've seen that. Spurs. Yeah. Look, look at when Spurs first tried to get Conte, and they went through all these different managers. Even Palace with Vieira. Vieira was like mm. eighth choice or something by the time they got to. It's not easy to to get managers. But all I'm just I'm worried because all the managers I'm hearing linked, they're all different. Mm. It's not like a it doesn't. I don't. You know, we don't know what's going on. In fairness, like what the what the remit is for who Villa want to get in. But all the people that are being named, they're all different. And if you are, you're not an attractive proposition where Villa are on the table at the moment. I think that's the the big point at the moment. That's not a job that a top manager comes in and, and takes when Villa are lying 17th. We're pretty much in the bottom three, aren't we? We've got the same points as teams in the bottom three at the moment. That is not an attractive proposition when you're seeing leaks come out with the team tonight. You look at the collection of players at the moment. They're mm. low on confidence. You know, no, no real top manager is going to look at that and think they're going to want to come in. I want the club to think big. I want them to get make this appointment, get it right, get a really good... Someone like Potter would be a dream. I'd love him to be the manager of Aston Villa Football Club, but I just can't see it happening. And like I said to you, probably it feels like about three hours ago, like I said to you earlier on in this podcast, you know, at the moment, I'm not advocating it. I'm not saying I want Sean Dyche to be Aston Villa manager. But I think that is the safer kind of appointment at the moment. It feels lower risk, that does, to me, than anything. Yeah, I think, I think I've Brent seen Rogers as well. Talk, and talk, I'm not a massive yeah. Brent Rogers fan, but... That feels like a safer appointment than some of the names that I'm seeing at this current moment in time. I'm not saying they're there for the long haul. I'd love us to make a managerial appointment now that is for the long haul. Mm. But I think I honestly think we could go down this season, honestly. Um, I just want to say, come on, Dan, give me something to uh, feel slightly better about. And you just said, I think we're no. going to go down. <laughs> Good timing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, but no, I, uh, no I, I share your pain. 100% share your pain. I, I think... Um, yeah, the manager appointment is key, and I, th- I see why a lot of fans and I, I see fans turning onto it a little bit. You know, when people say, "Oh, the Remy guard about the Lisbon manager and stuff," but I think we've just, we've just been burned before, haven't we? And we've just been through that pain again, and people are just worried. And I think it's understandable. I really do. I think like someone like Galada, for example, would be like a really good choice, a really good, brave appointment, but also you know someone with pedigree, um, albeit not in the Premier League, but someone who understands football. Uh, and 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 has success and has a track record, um, but again, it's a risk. Or do you go for someone like Rogers, who I actually think would be a pretty good manager uh, for us to get, who's who's sort of end of his shelf life for Leicester, has done well, has done well, and was you know Gerard slip away from winning the league, let's, let's, let's remember, um, and done well in range, done well in Celtic as well. Will be obviously the SPL, we, we know what the SPL is all about. Obviously, um, you know he'd be a, he'd be a good appointment. I think there's options out there, but. I just, I just don't know where they're going to go. I really don't know, and, and I no, worry. I just don't have faith. I just don't. I don't have faith in the club that they'll pick the right person. Um, and again, it reminds me very much of the cliche, 
era where I, I don't feel like the, the people in the club behind the scenes actually understand the Villa fan base at this present time, understand what the Villa fan base are thinking, understand where the Villa fan base are at. Um, and that was the same with McLeish. You know, there was a real disconnect between what was going on behind the scenes and the Villa fan base and the fact that they went for McLeish and didn't understand what, what the response would be. I'm just worried it's going to happen like that now. We'll, we'll hire someone and everyone will be like, what the hell, what are you doing? It makes no sense. Um, but I mean, if, if you were to go for one manager right now, Pochettino aside, because that looks like it's not happening, who would it be? You know, the, the trouble is I can think, think loads of managers. Do, like, do, one, do, one, do one realistic one and one that you would sort of not fancy land, but in an ideal world you would. You know what? I, I, don't have, I don't have an answer. Because every manager I think, I can think of pros from, I can also think of, of negative. I've been thinking about Brendan Rodgers a lot today. I mean, sound terrible, by the way. I've been thinking about Brendan Rodgers a, a lot today. Because, you know, Leicester are not having a good season. But you could also say the way they've been run behind the scenes isn't brilliant. And he's become a little bit of a victim, victim of that. I think he's got deficiencies as a manager. Like, he's never, ever sorted out Leicester been able to defend or defend, defend set pieces. But he's, he's a good manager who got them to an FA. They won the FA Cup and they finished fifth twice. You know, we'd, as Villa fans, would absolutely kill for, for that. I think I think any Villa fan would be absolutely delighted with that. So he he but he's had credit in the bank at Leicester. I think this was the difficulty with Gerard. There was no credit in the bank because there was never any sign that it, it was gonna it was gonna work really, especially in twenty twenty two. So I think of Brendan Rodgers and think of pros for him. But I can also think of a load of cons. That's what I'm saying about the safest appointment being someone like Sean Dyche at the, at the moment. I don't like it, but that's just what that's just what I feel. I I've got I no idea who it's gonna be. I've got no idea. Yeah, I don't want Dice. I, I I really like Sean Dice actually. Um, and I think he, I think his job at Burnley gets really underrated because of the tools he had. And actually, I think he would have kept them know, up actually last season. He would have kept kept them up, and I, think, you know, he played all right. I don't think his football, was, I know it wasn't great, but it was, you know, they were effective. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's obviously he knows football. He's a good manager. Um, but I, I definitely, I think realistic one is Rogers for me, and an ideal one is Gallardo for me. Give what I read, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've watched River play games. Like obviously, everyone's pretending they've watched sporting Lisbon games and know everything about. I've watched one sporting Lisbon game. Yeah, I watched about three games in the last three years. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um, but everything I've read about Gallardo, everything that I've seen, and what other people have said about him and his style, he seems to be the one where you could actually like change a club. Like, you could have a massive impact. Club. And given the South American contingent that we have yeah that was why that was uh, one of my main things for Pochettino yeah and I, I think this is going back to my point as well I think I know I know you're worried about the um whether this squad has, has the mentality to do it but you know just not forget these players like Coutinho and Bailey they've come through so much adversity in life to get to this position they are made of strong stuff people people think of footballers as um uh, you know you know just uh pampered you know people who don't understand the real world. And, and I, I get that. I've, you know, I've worked with footballers for the last 13 years. You know, I understand that uh, mentality. I think probably more so for British players. I think that's probably true, especially in the last five or six years, given the way the youth sex works and, and how, how pampered they are from like, the age of 16. But players like Coutinho has come from the, you know, the shanty town in, in Brazil and Rio. Bailey, the, the stuff he's done, he's come from Jamaica, living in, you know, the... the in Europe in, in the coldest conditions and by himself and having to fend for himself and trying to make it as a career with stepdad, uh, also his adopted dad and, and his brother and things like that. You know, these players have, they have something in them. So to become a professional footballer, their background, they have something in them. And you just need a manager to get it out of them. Buendia, we know he's a fighter. We know the kind of player he is. He's a, you know, he, he's he's a bull terrier there sometimes in that, in that midfield. We know he's got it. 
Watkins, McGinn, you know, these players, Cash, Martinez. We know these players have got the mentality. Mings, um, you know, Chambers, Conza. You know, we've got these players and Carlos Camara will come back in January, hopefully January, February time, hopefully. You know, I think that there's quality there. Carlos' also... recovery is going really well, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's, there's pictures well of him cycling, isn't there, today? So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the mentality is there as well. I think we just need a good manager to get it out. And that's why I'm confident we can get it out. But my bigger concern is going forward. That is, I think that is that is more important to me than anything else. And I, I share your concerns about relegation. You know, we're there, we're dog, we're in the dog fight, and we're struggling. And these games, the winnable games, have, have passed us by. But I still think we can get enough points, and there's still that, the Premier League is so Premier League is so congested this year. Uh, you know, there's there's like six points in it between us and eighth or something stupid like that, isn't that? So I think I think there is, you know, we just need to get a run together. Getting the run together is obviously a lot more difficult than actually doing it. Uh, and then I'm saying it is obviously a lot, a lot easier than, than doing it, but I still think there's a there's a love there's a lot of quality in there, and there's a lot of uh, uh, there's the right attitude and right personnel there. We just need to get out of it. I've stressed myself out doing this channel sometimes. I've stressed myself know, yeah. out this evening. Someone 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 put a, tw- uh, a post. I can't remember. It was uh, I think it was Adam Sky saying it was like that episode of Walking Dead when he gets battered over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> big episode. Yeah, yeah, big episode. Yeah. Right, I think we should probably call it. Um, it's Saturday night after a yeah. wild Saturday night for us too today. On the Villa, well, wait, we've probably spent longer waiting to do the Villa view than we actually spent actually doing the show. But yeah, yeah. sorry guys, not our fault. No, well, we tried, we yeah, tried. Yeah, and then there was a few unforeseen circumstances as well. But hey, I'm everybody. doing this. I'm doing this from East London, mate. You know, I'm, yeah, there's commitment there. Yeah, I know. Thank you very much for talking to me today, Omar. I do appreciate it, and thanks to everyone for watching. As well, I can say, there's 599 people watching at the moment on a Saturday night. Why are you not out? Come on. You shouldn't be shouldn't be here watching the video. Match of days, match of days about to start, um, isn't it? Match the days about to start. I've been watching football all day. It's literally all I've done today is is watch football. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. A bit of a ramble here Saturday night as yeah, I'm quite tired. We've, we've, we've tried give, you a prediction quick, give you a prediction quickly, Dan. For Sunday. One one. One one, but that's a kind prediction. I'll go two one below. I'd love a win. We just need three points any any which way that they can do tomorrow. They just need to get three points from somewhere. However they do it. Just through, I'll take a Southampton tight performance for this game now, just to get something on the board. That they've got, they've got to get three points on the board. Yeah. Oh, I'm worried. I'm worried. But yeah, thanks ever so much for watching. Thanks to Betmate for sponsoring us as well. Don't forget to join the 2 p.m. Sunday pot. You can pick some Villa players in your team if you choose. I think I've put one in my team. Go in our pot. You can win yourself some money. Gamble responsibly. See if you can beat Dolan and myself in that league. You'll probably comfortably do it. And yeah. Like I say, a bit of a ramble tonight. We've, we've chewed the fat over as much uh, as we can. It's difficult times being a Villa fan, but yeah, hopefully something gets sorted soon and we have a, a more clearer idea of who the club is looking to bring in as a manager and hopefully the ship gets steered in the right direction. I'll see most of you at Villa Park tomorrow, I imagine. Up the Villa. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.